In vain your bangles cast, charmed circles at my feet. I'm Abiku, calling for the first and repeated time. Those are words from Abiku, a poem by the Nigerian writer and Nobel laureate, Wolin Shinka. On this episode of LOS Presents, I had a conversation with my mom's elder sister, Antikashi. Her name, Kashi Mawu, Kashi for short, is a Yoruba name given to a child after a consecutive sequence of births and deaths of infants in the same family occurs. Igbo people call them Ogbanji. It is believed that the child who grows up in to live past puberty after these consecutive deaths is the same child being reincarnated. Authors like Woleshenka and Ben Okri have written poems and books about the mythology of Abiku. But I was curious about a personal perspective of what it has been like to grow up as someone considered an untouchable. I hope you enjoy this episode. Curious, I asked her about your name, Kashimau. I will tell you the name. Okay. Why? So if, before we start and get into it, can you just, you know, introduce yourself? Just, you know, your name. <laughs> My name is Tasilima Kashimamu. Adeniji Adili. I was born on the 29th of August, 1940. My parents were Elijah Shifau Adeniji Adili. And my father was the late Oba Musendik Adeniji Adili. The name Kashimawu was given to me because, according to the story my mother told me, she said she had eight children before I was born. But they were all dying in their infancy. Oh, wow. Maybe they had this blood disease that the children had in Nigeria that they still have now. Uh, so she said, one day she was going out, she had me at her back, and then people were saying, ah, Elijah, almost time I go to meaning the child you have on your back is dead. So she, my mother said, okay, don't bother. Just leave her. So the next one she had, they named me Kashimawo because they said, the meaning is just let's be looking at this one and see what's going to happen. But fortunately, I survived. And the, the irony of it was that one day somebody came to my dad and said, so my dad was sending him to call me. He said, go and call me taxi. He said, taxi. Okay. He couldn't argue with him. Then he came to our, pay, uh, our mothers and said, I like your job. Who is Cassie in this house? My mother said, you are looking at her. She's the one standing here. Say, ah, Cassie, why are you? Why is she this one confusing me and calling her Cassie? Say, that's a Muslim name. Cassie Mao is the name they gave her to make sure that she uh, seeks very much. So that's why I'm called Cassie Mao. And they are still looking at me till now. And I'll be 80. <laughs> and, oh so everybody is still looking at me and see what's going to happen. And inshallah, I will live to be over 100 years. After all of you, 
<laughs> so that uh, when I go, you you have you having a very very heavy passage. Yes, she had said. She said that she lived. She came. She saw. She conquered. So that's the name. The name Kashimao. Yoruba people refer to as Abiku. Yes, Ogbanje children. Ogbanje children. So that's mm-hmm. why, like, when a child dies and they say the spirit is, you know, the child is reborn several times before yeah. Yeah. the child lives up at least past age 12. Yeah. And I'm, I'm curious, like, how was that, having that name growing up? You know, did people make, you know, tease you? Were you upset? That you were being called that no, as a no, nickname. No, 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 no. I love it because it's so special. You have only a few Kashimawo in uh, in Lagos. I remember when we had the uh, South African uh, fundraising. Abiola was at town council, and my brother was the chairman. And they said I was a, a, the legal advisor there. So when I was leaving his office, he said Kashimawo. Then I turned back. Then Abiola answered. I answered, and then Abiola said, ah, please, please, hold on. Who is Kashimawu? So Ladega told him, look, you are a counterfeit Kashimawu. This is my sister. She is the first Kashimawu we know here in Lagos. So don't mess with her. So <laughs> I said, ah, I don't mind marrying your sister. So we'll be Kashi and Kashi. I said, you must be crazy. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And just so for those who are listening, I'm just going to explain who um, uh, Abiola is. So he was the late Moshud Kashimawo, Abiola, Abiola, who Mm. was a business Nigerian, Yoruba businessman, a publisher, and he also ran for president of Nigeria Um, under, Um. I think it was the Social Democratic Party. And he died in pursuance of uh, of the venture. Yes, and that was partly when you know Babangida's um, administration came in and uh-huh. they no- they nullified the election that exactly. happened yes. in in um, 19, 1993 elections. Abiola was not in Novana. That's why he he nullified the election. Hmm. So, so you, I, I, because I, I always remember that your initials are TK, you know, so it's Tatlima Kashimau. Yes. MKO Moshud Kashimau. And have you met any other Kashimaus other than MKO? Oh, yes. I am a school mother to several Kashimau because it's a very common name in Adokuta. When I was huh. school, almost all the boys in the secondary school, They've heard about me, and everybody wanted to make me their school mother. I said, you are all welcome. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going home. So they are lost. It's a very, very, very common name in Avekuta. Mm. Is that because maybe people had a lot of maybe either miscarriages or early child deaths in Avekuta? Not that- miscarriages. Kashimawa is not named after miscarriages. You have the child. But unfortunately... The child will die in infancy. Some of the people in in Saliko, in some of our family, they gave me all sorts of nicknames because of that name. You have uh, Abu Maku. I am very strong, but I refuse to die. That's the translation I can give it. I said, well, you can't kill this one this time around. 
All these old women, they gave me different, different surnames. Names that I, I can't even pronounce these days. But it's all where I maintain my Kashimawu. Yeah. And I like it to today. I love it. I mean, for the longest time growing up, I didn't even know your name was Tassi. Mommy told me that your dad never called you Kashi. He always no. called you Tassi. Tassi. Tassi Limak. And the name was given to me because his best friend, Alaji Animashan, who, who got himself, uh, who got my mom married to my dad, his first child was Tassili Max. Oh. So he named me after the lady. Oh, wow. So when we met at the party, she will say, Ah, Tassili Max, you know? That God will always bless you. That's the name. Oh, that's beautiful. Uh-huh. And God has. So your grandmother, you had a very close relationship with your dad's mom. Uh, from what I read in your book, uh, you said something about how, you know, they had different things that you couldn't pronounce, where she would tell you about the salt. Salt, you call it Yibo. That's English salt. And when she wanted to call uh, a wedu, she said, Tassi, go and get me some oil. I said, what is oil? So, Lord, these people from Itabadi know, that's where my mom came from. You don't even understand the language we speak here. I said, yes, you better speak the language that I um, will understand. <laughs> she said, it's a wedu. And then they call a state a state. Me, a wedu, it's not my problem. If you call the radio, I will go and get it for you. But oh, yeah, I don't know anything. <laughs> we are always arguing, you know. So that's the answer they go for you. I remember one day when they came to circumcise my sisters and brothers at uh, Isaleko. Hmm. He told the, the man that came to do it specifically, you see this one that stood there and looking at everybody? Please, she's an untouchable. Ooh. Mother, we fight the hell out of you. Don't even dare calling her to come and be circumcised. Don't circumcise her. So all my siblings are, are annoyed. They say, why can't she? Has she got two heads? They say, yeah, you better believe it. There's another invisible one on her shoulder. So everybody got circumcised, except me on that day. So, wow. Yeah. I, I did I, okay, I never knew that Every the family was the women in the family were circumcised. Oh yes, oh yes. The, the men were circumcised. The women were circumcised. What I never was because that is they were scary. And I didn't mm-hmm. even. I never knew. I, my, I have to ask mommy about that. <laughs> they didn't circumcise your mom. She okay. wasn't born at that time. Ah, okay, okay, okay. She wasn't okay. born at that time. That is quite interesting that, you yeah. know, I, di- I didn't know that Yoruba people circumcised girls. They still, they still do it now, I'm sure. Hmm. I thought it was more in the east than in the north. Oh, they do it every time. Oh, wow. That is fascinating. But I guess that, you know, the being the untouchable worked to your favor <laughs> that day, <laughs> that you were left alone. And I'm oh, sure yeah. And I'm sure you probably used it. I'm sure, uh, okay, I see you can tell the truth. I'm sure you probably used it as a way to intimidate some other kids as well. 
they're like when they, when you're coming, they're probably like, she's coming, she's coming, and then you're like, uh huh. So I'm sure I can imagine that you use it to tease with tease oh, people. Yes. With. yes, I said that's your problem. They wouldn't dare touch me. So the nice. man me. I said no. My mother said, they they circumcise me. No, nobody circumcised me. I'm fine. <laughs> that was how I escaped that one. Were there anything special things that you had to wear growing up? Because I heard about these ankle bracelets or, or things. Oh, yes. We had things. ankle bracelets and bracelets on our hands when we were going to school. And every day, you know, when my, my father was there in the palace, that's the special day. No matter where we are going or the kind of dresses we are wearing, you must have the ankle braces. But they were also probably protection. They were protection, right? Yeah. When they see me, they will know that this is one is a princess. <laughs> so that is the sign. You don't have a sister's you used to wear all these uh, beads now. But wow. mostly, always, they, I think they use theirs on their heads. When they're having their hairstyles, chorus okay. that they weave into their hair. Yeah, mm-hmm. I remember I've seen pictures of those that they weave into their hair. Yes. Hope to see me uh, and my siblings too. You chose to go into law. Why? Because, number one, when I'm not home and when I'm in the boarding house, Cabbage, we buy all the newspapers that they, they, they have. They will read them and keep all of them for me. We come and study. Then we will argue about it. My mother will say, hmm, the way you are bringing up this child, she will be uncontrollable by any man of mine. Then my father will say, she's not going into service. If any man let them leave her alone. Okay? So from there, I started creating some ideas that I wanted to be a lawyer. Then Mrs. Dinadu was my mentor. I grew up with her. I brought her to son while she was at home, while she was away. And then we got used to each other. But I was so used to her because she was always encouraging me to study hard and be what I wanted to be. And I said I wanted to be a lawyer. I said, okay, you can do it. So here we are, from years later, I became one. I was 23 when I became a lawyer. Then went to law school, graduated, go to the call to the bar, and uh, then I started practicing with IS Adewale. Then I went to the ministry, and from the Ministry of uh, Trade, I went to Town Council, Lagos City Council. So there we have a large fasting rule, little large fasting rule. He was my mentor too. In fact, they are looking for the indigenous of Lagos. So he brought the application form to me in my house just immediately at the time from office. He said, oh yeah, can she sign it, sign it. We need people like this. So if they don't perform, we know where to go. <laughs> and I was pregnant with uh, Bimbo at that time. Oh, he wow. said, but I have a pregnancy now. He said, it's not a crime. It's going to come out at the right time. So I just signed. Professor Jando was part of the 
group that interviewed me. So, but, but brother has excluded himself from the interview. He says he's my niece. I can't interview her. That was very ethical. Because uh, you don't see many people nowadays who would do that. You don't know. You don't. So I did the interview. And then I was appointed and I was working in the city hall as a legal advisor. And later I became the sole legal advisor before I was transferred to the local government. Then I served five local governments. Lagos, I was the legal advisor in Lagos, the Butemata, which comprised of Yaba, Ididere, everywhere. I was in charge of everywhere. And I was only accessible to the governor. No, no, I can answer the chairman, but my final destination is the governor of Lagos State. Wow, that's a lot of power. Oh, yes. I never abused the power that was given to me, except sometimes once in a while, when those hopeless uh, counselors that are cobblers, that are put there just to feed in the uh, number of the political party people in the council, and then they wanted to be arrogant or something, then I said, hey, look here, Mr. Counselor. Or for the fact that I'm working here, you can't even meet my shadow. So just Ooh. shut up and just <laughs> me anyway. Okay, Auntie. Okay. Uh, you were telling them how it was? Of course. I said, if you want anything, go and put it in writing. Say, yes, they know. They said you are a difficult person. You lawyers, they are always very difficult, especially when you are a woman. I said, you know, and at that time, my cousin was. Uh, the chairman, Alaji Masha. So she went and he went and reported me. So Masha said, what was her crime? He said, she, I wanted to take the car to Ijebu. The man kept carrying women all over the places with the official car. Then he came and said that she filled the form for petrol. I said, go and put it in writing and tell me exactly what we are going to because today is Friday. And all the cars are supposed to be returned to the office after the end of the day. So that was where I called his law at the local government. Did you have many incidents like that? And how many women were actually in the level of positions where you were? There were two of us. The other one was uh, Mrs. Akinrede. She was a lawyer to us. And so just the two of you at that level of, of government, either dealing with sexism or just, you know, people... No, we didn't have sexism at that time. Oh, you didn't? man was telling, asking them, why, why is this girl always in black? <laughs> he said in black. Is she morning or she suddenly not? She's a lawyer and you can see the amount of jewelry she's put on. Putting on, so she's not mourning. She's a, I would say no wonder, but she's so dark, and she's always in dark clothes. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful black skin you got from your mom. Yeah, yeah. And they both got the color from my dad. From your dad, and yeah. you look, you look like you look like your mom. Are the pictures I've seen of her. Um, mm. I think, you know, I've seen your facial structure. You look more like your mom. She looks more like your dad. On this episode, I learned that being unique 
and considered an untouchable was something my aunt embraced wholeheartedly. It saved her from being circumcised, a practice that unfortunately still occurs in Nigeria with the highest numbers than anywhere else in the world. I'm sure that the bravery she had to embody and confidence she built along the way set the stage for some battles that she would have to fight during her career as a civil servant. There's more with my aunt in the next episode, and I'll give you a little bit of a hint of what's to come. Think Anikulapo and Afrobeat. If you love this episode of LOS Presents, head over to wherever you're listening to subscribe. Please share it with others and follow us on Instagram at the LOS podcast. Until next time.